You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. This is Ruv English and I'm Darren Adam. Thanks very much for your company today. I am in a building with a wonderful view of the harbour, as the name would suggest here in Reykjavik. I'm in Hapnafois, overlooking the harbour, overlooking a cruise ship, making its way out of the harbour and away from the conversation that we're having right now, which is about a new video game that is being developed by an Icelandic company. I'm with Jun and Torvi from the company. The company's called Ghosts. It's a small video game team working out of Hapnerhuis here in Reykjavik. And we'll talk about the company. We'll talk about the new game as well. Guys, welcome. Thanks very much for your time today. Let's start with the, the company. Let's start with the company that you run and operate from this palace of creativity in the, in the center of the city. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, so yeah, we started Ghosts uh, two years ago. We had previously worked together on a game called Nuts. We, and we didn't have a company then. Um, the, the way we approach working on game projects is sort of more of a project by project basis. We work with different people on different projects. So it kind of made sense to just make a new entity for this new project we went into. And uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been now about two and a half years of working on this project with Ghosts. And are video games something that Iceland responds well to? Because obviously it's a very famously creative country when it comes to music, when it comes to film, when it comes to literature. Do you think video gaming is something that can take its place alongside those activities? Um, I, I think so. But at the same time, it, Icelanders themselves are a bit underserved because it is such a small like language group, first of all, and, and culture group uh, in general that like, Financially, it, it, it doesn't really make that much sense. It'd be very difficult to make games specifically for Icelanders. But I think they're not, they're not any different than the rest of the Western world where it's kind of like outgrown uh, any other kind of entertainment medium, especially, you know, the younger you go. But also, like, older people are also playing games. They maybe just talk about it slightly less. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be a gamer anymore to enjoy lots of the games that are out there, like mobile games and stuff. So I think it's, it's alive and well here, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like any, anywhere else in in, at least in the West that I know of. And in terms of the creators, the people making video games in Iceland, is it a creative scene? Obviously, you're part of it. I'd say so, yeah. I mean, um, CCP is definitely the biggest player in terms of the games industry here. They cast quite a, a long shadow, but you also have a lot of people sort of leaving CCP and, and doing their own thing and, and bringing maybe things that they learn from there. And what Jon and I have been doing sort of outside of our, our commercial projects is also trying to encourage more of that creative side. We, we started a, a games and arts festival called Isle of Games a few years ago, which we ran. We, we held events in Idno, uh, where uh, we were sort of trying to highlight more the this like creative side and, and small individual projects rather than the large scale commercial work that, you know, we also do. Yeah, I'd say in, in, in general in Iceland, the, the, the conversation about games is a bit dominated by business and it's we see it maybe more as a necessary evil than like the thing that we're excited about like we we yeah, started a yeah. business because we don't want to be sued by a big american company not because we wanted to have a company necessarily like it's it's a way for us to safely work with other artists and and do yeah. projects we're not really building this company otherwise there'd be more than yeah. two of us by now but but on the business side and on the economics side it's certainly true in other countries that that people underestimate and underappreciate just how important video gaming is to the creative sector of various economies. I mean, is that true here in Iceland as well? I mean, yeah, like I said, CCP, I think, I, I don't have specific numbers about it, but um, the, there's an organization called IGI, which compiles those kinds of numbers. And 
uh, I think they have shown that CCP at least is is a quite big big factor, you know, and and all of that income also is foreign currency, which yeah. matters a lot for Iceland. It's it's you know, most of the revenue comes from places like the U.S. and so that's that's bringing foreign currency into the country, and um, yeah, it is big. I think in Iceland. Like I said, CCP casts a very long shadow. I don't. I don't think there's very many companies outside of CCP who are having a, a significant economic impact. But uh, it's hard to say. Well, that might change with the launch of the new game, of course, <laughs> that we're we're talking about today. So, if my partner were here, he would be shouting questions at me to ask you. But as someone who's not a gamer, assume no knowledge in this conversation. Tell me about the new game that we're here to discuss. So the game is called Phantom Spark, and it's a time trial racing game. And time trial just meaning that the the main goal of the racing isn't really to like beat opponents; it's to just set a better time than you did last time. So the racetracks they don't change. There's no variables in them. It's just about like learning how to both control the vehicle and to kind of learn how the how the track works, how the the, the, the ship handles. We call it a ship. It's not really a car. Okay. Um, and yeah, so the the theme and the setting, it's um, it's a bit like we, we call it like ancient futurism. Um, so it's it's a bit futuristic, a bit sci-fi, but also it's like lots of like attempts at making it feel like a lived world. Like it's not sort of like recently built, but rather it's quite some like ancient structures in it and maybe some mysticism around it so also just yeah we're, we're a bit tired of, of of racing games just looking like the the, the theme is just sports yeah. it's just about normal cars normal people getting into normal cars driving real fast and doing crashes and like okay fine <laughs> that, that 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 those games exist uh, how do we you know make and better? also cars exist and cars. so you want to do something different yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and not just to be different also because it's the kind of stuff we're interested in. Like, neither of us is a particular sort of racing game fanatic. Like, we engaged with it enough to, to feel like we know what we're talking about. Um, but, but it just felt like there's such a huge opportunity here to do something yeah. cooler with this. Like, it's one of the most, like, viscerally, viscerally enjoyable video game things to control a vehicle that goes really fast. It's awesome. Yeah. It's completely safe. You won't physically be hurt by your computer. Um, but it's so... The, the, all the games that are out there are so limited by being sort of laser focused on like what if what if you could drive a Volkswagen? Oh, in this one you can drive a Ford and a, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. race cars as well. But um, yeah. And in terms of the inspiration, then because I, as I understand it, lots of racing games, lots of games where you can operate a vehicle, tend to be set in places that exist or are close copies of places that exist. It sounds like you've invented a whole new world for this game. Yeah. So. Um, we actually started, this was this game was developed sort of very bottom up in terms of, I was just making kind of prototypes of, of sort of vehicle physics simulations in within games and, and trying different things. And uh, we didn't initially have an idea for what the setting would be. Um, but like Yon said, it it's just like, it's a very, we, we could quickly discover that we just really like this experience of trying to set as fast times as possible with these like vehicle experiments I was doing. And then and then we started thinking about, okay, where would we want to like set this? And that kind of led into, okay, we definitely don't, you know, we're not like car people. We're not into car culture. Um, we're much more drawn to sort of fantasy ideas and environments. And we thought, why not put this in a more sort of fantastical environment? And then that also fit nicely with, we found our artist, his name is Joost Egermont. He's in, he's in the Netherlands. Um, and his style fit really nicely with doing this more sort of abstract. Um, he made makes these really nice looking ruins, mm. and so we we kind of worked backwards in that way of of trying to figure out, you know, what's an interesting combination of 
something this artist we're working with can do really well and something that would be an interesting different approach to racing games but still fits with this kind of core because the core we had didn't really demand that it be you know f1 cars or whatever it could be anything so i'm looking at a couple of images here which you've provided from the game i mean they are cityscapes but they're not identifiably any city on earth uh yeah that's that's correct um (laughs) One of the things that like not working with real world spaces gives us is you're also not bound by those limitations. Like we, most racing in the real world has like laps or a concept of laps, meaning you go around a circuit multiple times. Uh, you don't need that if you, if the space is first of all virtual and, and if you control every little, every single part of it, we started like, okay, what if you just go from A to B uh, over and over again? You know, it's like you, you, there's a start and a finish um, and then we can tailor every part of it and it doesn't feel like repetitive, yeah. uh, doesn't feel kind of, sometimes some racing games, honestly, out there, they, they feel relentless. So like, okay, lap three of uh, 35, and you just have to keep going. And in our game, you might want to play it 35 times to set a better time each time, but you, you know, you're not forced to. I wonder as we sit here, though, in Iceland, if there is something in the idea of taking route one, perhaps, <laughs> as, a, as, as a route. Yeah, there, there have been times <laughs> where, I, where I've shared uh, pictures from the road to sort of like be inspired by the sort of vastness of the, of the space that you're driving in and, and the, maybe the loneliness. Uh, but what we, we started thinking about with, with some of the people that we work with on like sort of what, okay, if it's, if it's not real world racing, what is it? How do we make it, you know, feel like, like it's a real place that means something? Mm. Um, and we kept going back to this idea of like, like linking, creating links. So if you say you go from A to B, you create, sorry, um, you create links between these locations. So maybe these locations are of spe- a special significance. Maybe there is uh, an entire area where linking all these paths and sort of getting inspired by sort of like neuro, um, you know, nervous system, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. your, your body sending um, a nerve impulse, you know, from, from one location to the other to deliver some kind of message. Maybe it's a memory. And we, that, that was actually like a super inspiring route to start thinking about. It's like maybe what you're doing at a sort of philosophical level is um, you're, you're reinforcing a sort of like world memory by doing this and and that inspired a lot of the the world building around it again forgive my ignorance on this but is this a game that can be played with other players online yes so we have there are leaderboards um so when you set a time on a track you can see where you are relative to everybody else in the world who has set a time on this track and then you can race against the sort of ghost the memory of, of that person um running that track and you can also specifically see your friends as well. So if you have a friend who's playing the game, you can compare yourself kind of directly, race against their right. kind of ghost replay um, on the track. And so there is that sort of asynchronous multiplayer in the game. And have you two played each other? Who's best? We, I mean, all the, every day. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're pretty close in, in skill level. Our artist is actually the best of the okay. three of us. Well, you would hope so, really, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> embarrassingly enough, he, the, the first person we hired is better than the both of us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. He's way better than us. Okay. Yeah. When's the game out? Uh, quarter one next year. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we don't have a set date right now. We're just aiming for early next year. It, it won't be January. Okay. <laughs> and on which platforms? Uh, it's coming out on PC, on Steam, and on uh, Nintendo Switch. Sometime next year, early next year. Early next year. Okay. And what are the plans for the company beyond that? I mean, obviously, that's the big thing on the horizon, getting that launch up and running, getting the game out on time. Beyond that, what are the plans for the company? It really depends on, on what happens with the game. It's, um, it's a game we'd love to continue working on and adding more, more levels, more, more content to it. Uh, but it really just depends on sort of interest level, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see.
Just a word on the environment that we're in, in Hapnehois, here in the centre of Reykjavik, with that view over the harbour. This feels like a creative space. It feels like a place that fun things happen. It, it, it absolutely is. And, and we're kind of maybe a bit of the, the weird, um, weird cousins of the space because we work on a very long, uh, long-term full-time project. Um, and while a lot of other people are, are much more sort of creatively flexible, they can do like short-term collaborations and, and work on maybe like a music project just for a few days together. Yeah. And it's definitely something we'd love to be able to do more of in the future. Like we, you know, we were tied to this project before we joined here, um, and I think being here has been really inspiring. We'd love to, you know, work with some of the musicians or visual artists or something. Uh, but currently, it's just very difficult um, being, you know, wrapped up in such a big project. Yeah. Well, the game is Phantom Spark. It's going to be released in the early part of next year. Developed by Ghosts, the Icelandic game studio. Thank you very much to Yuna and Torvi for their time today. Thank you very much, guys. Good luck with the launch. Thanks for having us. It's Ruve English. I'm Darren Adam, and you can get in touch with us anytime. We are English at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruve English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.